0: Hey guys, this is the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, training of a better class of man. And today we are continuing our patrolling series with episode number two, planning. If you remember last episode, I opened up the patrolling series all on my lonesome. We talked about just the concept for the series, seven part series covering patrolling, you know, as known by the Ranger handbook, TC3-21.76, where we're going to be pulling from today and we're just continuing down the line so we started with the five principles we're moving on to the actual planning portion of a patrol and today i'm actually joined by my co-host Essex. you can't just hey. skip by the entire series so time full some weight
1: listen 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 i can't help can't help that I was traveling. You could have helped so. and you
0: chose not to. Was I traveling? You were traveling. I think I was traveling. See, you don't even know. You don't even know your excuse.
1: Dude, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore, man. Like things have just run together so week. much. It's It's been a busy, <laughs> day, busy freaking season. The days and the weeks run so together. I'm so glad that it's kind of winding Seriously. down a little bit. Yeah. It really has, especially, especially with putting together this nursery now, it's like
0: a lot of work. Whoa. Oh, it is. But I here j- we are. So, guys, planning. So, some considerations that are common to most patrols is your task organization, your initial planning and coordination, the completion of the plan, and contingency planning. So, task organization. Let's start off with what a patrol is. A patrol is a temporary organization matched to the immediate combat, reconnaissance, or security. Mission slash task. Uh, patrol requires a specific task and purpose. It's not its own entity. A patrol is a, you know, a segment from a whole. It's a break off from the parent unit. So employment it means to an end. Exactly. It fulfills a specific purpose. So then, it, you know, your unit continues onward. So a commander sends out a patrol from the main body, right? To conduct a specific task with a specific purpose. What we just said. Upon completion, the patrol leader returns to the main body, reports to the commander, and describes the events that took place, his patrol members and status, equipment, and his observations. Patrol leader being a tile that defines the leader's role and responsibility for that mission that can be you know, any rank that can be any person that is the person that's designated to lead, you know, this patrol this for the specific task. He can designate an assistant or other support leaders as needed. So in typical rifle squad, the squad leader would be responsible for the patrol. If you have mixed elements, you know people from neighboring units, you could designate an officer or an NCO.
1: And typically though, uh, you would want someone leading this to be someone who uh, is actually organic to that squad. Yes. you know you you want the cohesiveness, you want the chemistry there, someone who knows his guys, his or her guys and knows and they know him, them so that you know if they tell you to do something they're just gonna do it or on the flip side, they know they know the leaders the squad leader or whoever so well that they can just predict what they're gonna ask for and just execute. So by the time the squad leader goes to look, he's like, oh, right. they are already doing you it. You need cool. to have that. Like the second you mix in someone who Yeah, the second you mix in someone who's not organic to that, that like that chemistry's not there, that that's when response time breaks down and you risk, especially in a combat situation. Or an ambush, or you know, a movement to fire. What have you? That that's when you could get people injured, killed, and that's you don't want to be taking casualties, especially on a patrol. Like, you, yeah, just just look at Vietnam. Like that, that's a prime example of just when things go absolutely wrong. You want cohesiveness; otherwise, you could just right. lose an entire. Patrol.
0: Well, and you know playing into what you just said. So the patrol is semi-independent, right? So it's a break off from the whole. So it's relying on, the patrol is relying on itself for security. So going into the size a little bit, patrol is mm-hmm. sized to the task and purpose of the patrol, you know, patrol being the mission, right? So it can be as small as a, you know, as a fire team, and it can go, you know, it can grow as big as, you know, most of the parts of, uh, of a company. I mean, either, I mean, it just right exactly. I mean, it could it's be just, the entirety it that's on the mission.
1: Your Reconnaissance surveillance teams uh, are something that can be typically useful in any situation when it's just impractical to separate the responsibilities for reconnaissance from the responsibilities of security. So they are you're, you're pulling double duty. Mesh together those responsibilities. Right. Yeah, and exactly. your
0: assault element so. This element actually seizes and secures the objectives, so it protects your special teams while they complete their assigned tasks. This is your, you know, this is the the main brunt of your force here. Your security element, so, oh, sorry, go yeah, ahead. These, these
1: no, no, go ahead. This is actually
0: going to address okay. what I was going to say. I was just going to say, so your security element, you know, their, their job is to is for security and danger areas so they secure the ORP they isolate the objective and they support the withdrawal of the patrol after actions on the objective are complete so these can be broken down into cyber security teams with assigns or subsequent tasks
1: also the security element uh- like what you said about the assault element, I think that was actually more of a uh, security element thing. Protecting special teams as they complete yes. their assigned actions on the objective. This could also be assigned to like sniper teams. While the sniper teams are on an upper level of a building or objective, the security team will be securing the bottom floor.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing too. So you have your implied tasks, you have your stage tasks, but also you can have special tasks too. So, these are just the main, you know, the main mm-hmm. template, right? But your commander, you know, or your leader, whoever can say, Hey, right. You know, I know that you're part of the assaulting, you're part of the secure team, but I want you to do this. You have to have that flexibility there. Yeah. Your job is now. surprise, this, Right.
1: Yeah. And this leads us into your favorite element. This is your bread and butter, Yay. the support element. Support element provides Direct and indirect fire for the unit. So when we say direct, we mean machine guns, light or medium anti uh, anti armor weapons, uh, or small recoilless rifles. Indirect being mortars, artillery, cas uh, or M three twenty weapon system. Yeah, cas
0: and the three twenty and the three uh, twenty the M three twenty under barrel or standalone grenade launcher. I don't know why people forget that that you know, it's it's an indirect weapon.
1: People sleep like, on that. I, I mean, dude, if you're using M320 as a direct weapon system, you, you need a psychological You're a monster.
0: And you've lied. If you're directly you, impacting somebody with a freaking 320 so many, good lord. So many parts of the Geneva Convention. I remember when we were on the 320 range and Geneva we had the shock rounds, right? The practice rounds. And on, on those closer targets, uh-huh. you are punching through good. Inch of oh yeah, they freaking go straight through plywood. Just bah, the, just chalk rounds, clay like slamming it. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: well, those those chalk rounds were just freaking um, yeah, metal washers, you know. So they're gonna think, go through wood, if I
0: remember. So just to what a freaking three twenty rounds gonna do, if I remember from my <laughs> thirty millimeter, just from gonna from go straight through my autistic days, back yeah. when war was my special interest. It's a, it's it's was, a 40 yeah, millimeter, it's 4 millimeter about. but um, yes. I think it was 75 meters per second mm-hmm. was the most velocity of the 320. Huh. Odd. And because it was really cool when you were teaching you guys how to use the 320, you had to remember that you can't put your fingers or, any, or your hand or anything in front of the barrel because it'll do a really cool trick where it makes it disappear. Yeah.
1: It'll take <laughs> it off.
0: Yep. But, David uh, Copperfield, that shit. My favorite squad leader. I really need to get back on topic, but my favorite squad leader. He, you know, I was his 320 gunner, and he said, "Your job is dead space. So anywhere that we're not, like, directly mm-hmm. looking at anything that's open, that's that's for you. That's yours. And if anybody goes in that space, make them disappear. Which is yeah. just to a demolition team. So." Demolition teams—they prepare and detonate charges to destroy designated equipment, Yay. vehicles, or facilities on the objective, or people like the enemy prisoner, of war, and search teams. So, I've had a lot of a lot of experience in these teams. So EVW teams and search teams. So these are normally two-man buddy teams. Or can be as big as four man fire. I've never seen a four man fire team as an EPW or a search team. It's always been buddy teams.
1: I, but I haven't either. Yeah, that's that's way too many people.
0: uh, Search teams, you're you're looking for you know information. You're looking for you know, I mean, what key you know key information, key equipment, things like that. You're just combing over the objective after after you killed everything in there. EPW, same thing. You know, if you have somebody that survived, which you know they shouldn't have um, after you've gone through, then it's a bite team where you clear you assault through that person. So you're looking for wires. You're looking for information you're looking for, you know, if they're, you know, booby chapped, yada, 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 but all these things guys. So the EPW teams, the demolition mm-hmm. team support all these. This is what we talk about with, with your riflemen. This is why your riflemen, even though they're the least specialized, they have to be held to an incredibly high standard because they have the most room that they need to flex out to. So when we were in, even the fire team, even as a E nothing rifleman, I was still designated as the EPW search guy and the uh crap. what was it called? The. They and but what was the uh, what was the the buddy for the medic? What what were those teams called? The uh, CLS. come a lifesaver. So so had a yeah, had a yeah, bigger CLS. aid bag. Yeah, had a had a smaller aid bag than the medic, but bigger than what normal dudes carried. And you know, you're basically just you know giving more skill sets and giving more responsibility.
1: And you're just carrying the stuff that the medic doesn't want to carry.
0: That too. You're not wrong. Tell me I'm uh, wrong. You didn't have to say it like that. Exactly.
1: So the breach element. The breach element. Breach element seizes and secures the objective and protects special teams as they complete their assigned actions on the objective. So in this aspect, think more along the lines of your battle drills. So you're conducting the initial breach of a mind wire obstacle. You're taking that um e nothing private and you're just throwing him on top
0: of the wire. <laughs> oh. no that's not what you're supposed to do oh we're not talking for real life we're talking about that's production what I was trying to do look in all seriousness it's in all seriousness give me one example of anybody other than a private gang of of honor for jumping on a grenade to save their buddies
1: I'm sure it's happened. Wait, it hasn't? Dude, it's been.
0: <laughs> Tell it's been me a long I'm time wrong. since I've looked at the middle of Honor list. You're probably not wrong. Every every army needs privates to die for their country. Anyways, <laughs> he, reconnaissance teams. <laughs> I was going to say, it. he probably didn't do it voluntarily. <laughs> well, you think someone's going to jump on CR, jump on a grenade? <laughs> no. They're
1: going to grab the nearest e nothing private and throw them on it
0: and then lay down on top of that. First private. country. So they um, can't move. Reconnaissance teams. Yep. <laughs> Normal play teams. Uh, so it's normally play teams in order to minimize protection. So you are trying to keep this element specifically really small, really quiet. So these are the dudes where you are, you know, taking off unnecessary equipment. You know, I'd help me. I'd say like absolutely necessary equipment. So your rifle nods maybe, water, and send them out. But they recon the objective area from various vantage points once security is in place. So once security gets in place, get the signal, get the word, get word out, and they go and recon the objective area. Your leaders plan and patrol... Your leaders
1: are going to be the ones that plan and prepare for patrols using their uh, troop-leading procedures. And... A rough guesstimation of the situation. I mean, you try to pull in as much intel as you can to try and plan as effectively as possible. But let's be honest, the vast majority of this is just,
0: just swag, scientific. It's your initial guessing. mission analysis. Hey, there's something over there. Let's <laughs> go look at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Listen, not so much of a tangent, but military intelligence only has to be right 33% of the time. just selling you. So your leaders are going to identify your required actions on the objective, your mi- their mission analysis, and they're going to plan backwards to the departure from friendly lines and forward to re lines. So you're covering all of your bases. Yes. So from beginning to end, they're covering all their bases on this. Your controls are going to act independently, moving beyond the direct fire
0: support of the parent unit and operate forward. Of this is what we units. mean by, by I'm sorry. I I was just saying this is what we mean by a patrol being a a segment of the larger unit. So it breaks off from the parent unit, right? So this is why we say that patrols act independently because you're moving past the support of your parent unit. And you're acting in front of, you know, know, beyond your, your bigger unit and forward of friendly units. So you are acting essentially on your own for a little bit. And then you're coming back to report what you did or saw. And if we haven't emphasized this enough, patrolling is imperative.
1: It is really, really imperative, especially to security of the parent.
0: Well, and especially in a, in a world where technology, and we talked about this a few times with, you know, different subjects on different episodes, but in a world where technology has become so prevalent, like you could get an obscene amount of information from radios, from aircraft, from satellites, from anything, nothing is going to be your man on the ground. Nothing, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what and wins wars. It's not rockets. It's not bombs. It's not tanks. It's not, you know, it's not your freaking warships or your bombers. It is boots on the ground and you're not just rolling you know, company deep on every single movement. You know, you need that information from men on the ground. Yeah, no. and so no, you can almost think of it kind of like tendrils coming off of you coming off of a uh, an object, right? Or or a life form, an entity, right? Uh, these little tendrils coming off, getting information and retracting back. So it's a very fluid, very I don't know, coordinated. Yeah, like an octopus. Yeah, essentially. Thanks, buddy. There you go. I was trying to help you on that one. You <laughs> were struggling. We lesson, were going to so. get there eventually, but coronation. So, so coronation is detailed, thorough, and continuous throughout the planning and the preparation. You know, like we like we were saying, this is all of your, you know, all of your best information is coming from these patrols, and as the situation develops, then that's what your leaders are working with. So,
1: right. And throughout the planning process, the leaders are going to use checklists to help avoid missing any sort of vital items to the accomplishment of the mission. Because, I mean, it, it, it's still the idea of PCCs, PCIs. You know, you're making sure you're covering your bases, you're covering every possible threat that could happen to your personnel. You don't want to lose a man. But at the same time, Man, and I hate to get on this tangent. There is such thing as
0: an acceptable loss ratio. Well, so in the in the NCO's creed, it just it's is. very specific with wording and with the you know with the press it puts on each. So my two response, my two main responsibilities will always be uppermost in my mind: the accomplishment of my mission and the welfare of my soldiers. Mission comes first. You know, everybody That's, knows that. Sucks to suck. Mission comes first. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm.
1: It is what it is. So, coordination when higher headquarters includes intelligence, operations, and fire support. You need HOD. I uh, I can't tell you how many times in Afghanistan, especially sitting through op boards, we would cover intel, we would cover operations, we would cover fire support. You knew what every other person was doing, period. And it's having a grasp of the overall mission objective and the tasks of the overall, I guess, branches around you. Like, it, it does give you a little bit of confidence. There's Even if the mission you knew was going to suck, at the same time, if you knew what these guys, other guys were doing, it gave you more confidence. That, you know, this could be dangerous, but at the same time, yeah. people have got your back.
0: Well, and that's, that is the nice part about, you know, those more macro views when you're getting your, your upward, like, okay, this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. but oh yeah, to our south we have this completely separate unit, you know, cause there's for us if we need be, we have guys to our east right. or west, we have cast, we have, you know, like this art artillery that we're able to, they can go out mm-hmm. to this distance up to you know, this TRP or, you know, whatever. And it's just that is the beautiful part about the the army machine is seeing all of that coordinate in real time. It's pretty cool. And you have a lot more experience with that working in the And Yeah. Just seeing how all that how all that talks. I I do but it it's was... it's really neat. Yes. Yeah. It was really
1: cool, especially when I was doing the graphic overlays for a while. Uh, I would throw in the actual, like, max effective range for the m sevens out of Fenty. And you could tell exactly where in... I'm not going to drop the exact area, but you could tell exactly where in that valley those M777s because they yeah. would actually hit.
0: Well, and that's so important for guys that are, you know, playing these movements, like seeing what those effective ranges are, seeing what you mm-hmm. have to actually work with. And like just those, those little things. I, I love those little things. Like I, I was in the office one time when our, you know, when our team dudes were planning, you know, we're playing an op and they're just like, all right, we need to come with TRP names All right, let's do birds. Uh, get g- g- give me birds. Sounds like parakeet. It's like, no, that's retarded. Something else. It's just like just the just the laissez faire. Just like, uh, give me, give me something that we can work with. Just give me some names or some, you know, whatever. But it's like, and then you're, you know, that's silly, right? But then you look at the freaking board, and you just have all these lines that are just like covering the entire art. Right, nope, these are TRPs, you know. This is our frequency for here. This is our freaking pace plan. You know, these are all of our, you know, rally points along the route. And it's just like all, you know, like when you actually have guys who are knowledgeable and do their due diligence, it's a beautiful freaking thing to watch. Granted, you know, the plan never survives first contact, but seeing everything come together always so cool. Oh, so cool. It's so cool in concept.
1: But it never comes to actualization unless there's absolutely no contact.
0: And then it's just boring. Yeah. Oh no. So the leader coordinates patrol activities with leaders of other units that will be patrolling in nearby areas at the same time. Like we talked about, you know, you're not gonna be operating alone, at least in this context, right? So as you're right. playing this, right. you're you know, touching base with other leaders they're offering in your AO. And you do what leaders do. So everybody's on the same page. Yep. Coordinating additional QRF. Completing the plan. So while he completes the plan, the leader is considering specified and imply tasks on or at the objective, rally points, danger areas, security slash surveillance locations, along routes, and in passage lanes. So each of these is going to have, you know, a specific task, specific standards. You know, might have, you know, different. These these different segments are going to have a different scope in the in the main intent of the operation, right? So we're back planning. So in your time management, you're you know you as a leader need to estimate for, you know, how long it takes to actually make your movement to the objective. How long it takes for you to do a leader's recon, how long it takes for you to emplace your security and your surveillance elements, how long it actually takes when you get to your objective, your actions on the objective, and how long it will take for you to pass back through friendly lines. All this starting on the initial playing board so that you can coordinate with all of these, you know, all these different units and all your different uh, elements effectively. And that brings us to your
1: movement. movement speed is dependent on several factors. Ideally, you're going to average about kilometer per hour during daylight hours in wood, wooded terrain in best case scenario. Your average limited visibility during that time is about half a kilometer.
0: You need to account for additional time for restrictive terrain, like swamps, dense forests, mountains, so your, your
1: average movement speed is around one kilometer per hour during daylight hours of wooded terrain in the best case scenario. However, not so best case scenario, your average movement speed in limited visibility is around half a kilometer per hour. So just think about that. You got to really account for that, especially when you're planning, because I know there have been several times in Afghanistan where I was involved from the very beginning on on this planning stuff. And we checked in with our weather guys and we're just like, Oh yeah, we're going to be great. It's going to be fine. And then we get up day of two, three in the morning. We look outside and it's just like fog, nothing but fog. And I'm going, all right,
0: you go ahead and nuke this plan. I mean, tell me, you remember when we talked to, you know, when we got off the Blackhawks that one mission, at like two or three in the morning and visibility was zero because it was so freaking dark. Zero. Yeah, zero. You're not you're not moving no... Mm-hmm. You're not, like no not even nods whatever. else. Freaking half kilometer an hour. Like you are not moving anywhere because you can't see anything. No. Yeah,
1: because you're going to bust your freaks on some sharp freaking rocks. They're the size of a freaking dog. Do
0: you remember that? When actually when you actually had the sunrise a little bit and you had these boulders that are mm -hmm. just everywhere. Like, the hell is this place? Anyway.
1: I mean, I'd rather have the boulders than some of these cryptids (sighs) we had walking around out there. We're not talking about the freaking demon. Mm
0: -hmm. Screw that. that. Yeah, we're not talking about Allow yourself additional time for restricted terrain. So So also think swamps, super dense vegetation or forest, mountains. You know, mountains in Afghanistan are larger than mountains in Tennessee or, yes, you know, Colorado, wherever else. You know, if you have shale, if you have volcanic rock, I mean, this is all stuff like, and you're trying to move, and we'll get into actual move, but you're trying to move where, you know, you obviously are going to be observed and where the enemy doesn't expect you to be. So you're moving through crap. (laughs) Like you're moving through the worst country that you can think of. So when you're doing yeah. your back planning, you have to account for that extra time. And I didn't want to say one thing about movement speed is this is the Ranger handbook. They're assuming you're, you know, a fire team, a, you know, a line squad in size. If you're moving in something like a hunter killer team or hunter killer squad, then that's a lot different, right? So whatever mm-hmm. size element that you have, you know, tailor this in your mind to what you have available because that's going to be different. Right. Yeah,
1: the larger the element, the slower you're going to go. Naturally.
0: Yeah. Your recon should take no longer than an hour and a half. That should give you plenty of time to tack down everything you need to tack down figure out where your objective is your rally points your orP everything and and that includes movement to the area yes. and movement from and then establishing your security and your surveillance half hour tops uh, yeah I
1: security and surveillance man I would do it Honestly, I'd, I'd be aiming well, for like ten. Well, minutes, the thing is, too, max. is your while you're placing
0: your circuitry and surveillance while you're doing your leader's recon, all that time you have dudes waiting. You have dudes just laying out, mm-hmm. you know, in a good spot, you know, covered and concealed, yep. you know, protected from overhead cover or you know ground observance. But you have dudes waiting in a static position. Is not great you know, you're just begging to be discovered or to yeah. to meet contact. So you're trying to make this, you know, you obviously need to be thorough, but try to do this as quickly as possible. Right. So
1: your leader selects the primary and alternate routes to and from the objective. Guys, we say this over and over again. It is really, really, really important to have primary, secondary, and tertiary plans options. in place for everything. And this this yeah you got to give yourself options. You have got to give yourself the best chance to to get into and out of any situation possible. And when, you know, the stuff hits the fan, you got to be able to rely on those secondary and tertiary options. There's just no way around that. And keep in mind also when you're planning these routes to and from, you got to make sure that your return routes are not the same as the routes you took to your objective. You, I cannot emphasize this enough. For example, look at Vietnam. There were so many, There's so many examples of patrols going out and coming back to the point of where the Viet Cong would realize this, and they would start setting ambushes up on the return routes or leaving nasty little surprises on the routes back. It's just one of those things. But also, I want to, I also want to note that if you're doing multiple patrols to the same area, don't take the same route twice. That means going to, even if you go to the same objective, don't take the same route in. Just don't do it. We learned that Mm -hmm. lesson also in Vietnam when the VC realized this and they would start leaving booby traps on the same route or setting up ambushes on the same route because they knew these guys were going to be taking the same routes. Over and over and over and over again. Do
0: not be predictable with this stuff, guys. Hundred percent. All right. So special signals. So your leader is going to designate. It's going to select primary and alternate signals. So this can be used for, you know, entering and exiting a patrol base, ORP. So. The yeah. Team America secret signal. <laughs> and in arm signals, uh, flares, voice, whistles, radios, IR strobe, anything that you're, you know, that you have within your capability, anything that yo, know, all I care about is that down to the last man, everybody's on the same page. With with these signals. Everybody needs to be on the same page when you're when to use these signals and what these signals are. Obviously, don't write them down. (laughs) You know, have that memorized. But uh, a couple examples of this so is the odd number system. So we we use this one. Apparently, we we mainly use the uh, like the challenge and response like code words, but the odd number system. So you would choose a odd number. The challenge is any number that is less than that number, and then the password is a number that needs to be added to that number, added to the challenge number in order to equal your designated number. So for example, say I designate nine, you're coming into my RP. So I challenge, you know, seven, what would be the password? You want the public school answer this. or I know you can, <laughs> okay. yeah, it's so- two. Obviously, right seven it's, two it's seven plus two. two equals nine. Good to go. I'm not going to shoot you in the face. I'm going to emphasize these are not
1: good challenge systems for running passwords because if you're running and somebody challenges you and you have to do math on the run, let's just say sometime
0: the the infantry you're isn't known a for in their the face, intelligence, which is a handy reason why we use running passwords. So running password it's a code word that signifies. That friendlies are approaching in a less than organized manner, and they may or may not be under pressure. So you would say the password followed by the number of friendlies that are approaching. So if something isn't going great, and I'm running back to my RP. see my buddies, I don't want to get shot in the face. Say the password is red and I have three buddies with me, I'd say red three, all right, shout Red three, or you know, however, however you would say it, and you, know, you would get shot in the face and you come in. It'd be great. <laughs> red five, I'm coming in. <laughs> Something that we used to use. I don't even, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what's technically called, but it was just a challenge and password.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or like red blue. Dunker.
0: Yeah. And you know, you're good to go. Mm hmm.
1: That's, that's, that's what we used most often in, uh, yeah in my platoon. We, we use that almost those, exclusively. Kind of, Child, yeah. Call and response. Yeah. Another good one that I actually am sad that we don't use as often was, you remember in, uh, Saving private oh, yeah. they use a the little- clinic. Those things are sick.
0: I love those. I don't, I don't I've, never know I've never I seen them. I've never seen them in person those in are, real life. They're freaking cool, but they're awesome. Yeah, they sound like like yeah. little. Oh, uh, no, they're kids. great. Or if you have dudes that can whistle, there you go. Hmm. Right, but not everybody can whistle. It took me twenty-five years to learn how to whistle. Your father failed you. New data that is something, coming soon. Just a little tangent. That is something that my dad was horrible at. <laughs> no, he was whistling. great whistling. He just wasn't really great at teaching th- things that seemed like intrinsic, like things that seem natural. Like he couldn't break it down any farther. he's just like yeah, you just do it. <laughs> just like that doesn't help. But like I can I can teach somebody how to whistle. You know what I mean? It's just like bringing down Barry's dial. He wasn't really great at it. So war, war, war. leader positioning. So you're so the leader positions wherever is best to control his patrol. So in a doctrinal Patrol, right? So you have your platoon leader, you have your platoon sergeant, right? So platoon leader positions wherever is best to control his patrol. The platoon sergeant normally locates with the assaulting element in a raid or an attack to help control those forces for the platoon leader. Then he'll locate with the casualty collection point. So the platoon sergeant locates with the CCP to manage casualty treatment and evacuation. During a recon, he'll also, you know, stay with the ORP to aid in the intelligence transfer between, you know, the patrol and higher HQ and to, you know, kind of manage movement into and out of the ORP. So, platoon sergeant, think of him as a second in command to the patrol leader. He is helping lead that patrol when you have those guys separated.
1: Is very much the personnel and morale management of that unit,
0: and typically, typically,
1: and if you you have a terrible PSG, then
0: yeah, I was going to say the morale. Typically, anyway, actually, in a you know in that patrol platoon, sergeant is the most senior enlisted man in that patrol, right? So Mm -hmm. you know, talking about morale, taking care of you know your dudes, taking care of your soldiers, he is the you know, the old man of the soldiers. That's why he has that rapport. That's why he has that relationship with those dudes. If he's good.
1: Right. Yeah, if he's good. If he's not a girl fragged. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway. I patent. No, that's no, gonna be that's going public. Um Okay. So unless
1: required by the mission, you typically want to avoid contact. Typically. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll play with the enemy to try to bring out contact. Recon by fire. Unless
0: required by the mission. If you're not doing a recon by fire, if you're not on a combat patrol, if you're not doing a raid, then you're doing a patrol to gather information. So... You normally don't want to get that information by getting a shot at. And typically,
1: you would know if you're about to do a uh, recon by fire or movement to contact. Surprise. Surprise recon by fires aren't fun. No, they're not. No, they're not. Typically, you will see your con up having some kind of a level attached to it. And if it's a level zero Kana, you are not going to be going to any fire at all. And those are the ones where if you end up in a firefight, when you get back, you can yell at somebody for that. But seriously, don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not at all condoning that. Unless you're, you know, not in, in which case have at it.
0: Be your own hero anyway. So. <laughs> yes. So your plan should address. Take, take that so article your plan should address actions on enemy contact. So what happens if you actually take contact? How to handle friendly casualties or KIAs and the handling of EPWs. Because your unit's ability to continue the mission depends on whether or not enemy contact was made. It depends on if your unit was able to break contact if they made it successfully, meaning that your direction of movement was undetected. So you're able to break contact. They don't know where you are or where you're going. It's the only way you're able to continue your patrol. And whether or not. Best way to handle EPWs? Don't. Is to and not take EPWs. <laughs> and whether or not, and whether or not. The unit receives any casualties due to enemy contact. That's what I was trying to say before you talked about war crimes. Thanks for that. Talk about talk about the Gatwa.
1: That's why you have drop guns. Oh my! <laughs>
0: That's why you have drop guns.
1: Yep. Uh, really, really important to file the serial number off your drop gun. Really important, and they are located
0: in more than one spot. So, if you have a good armor, just go ahead and replace the barrel, just swap barrels with another rifle. It helps, it all helps. Mm-hmm. Golly, yeah, just talk about the gawa <laughs> war crimes with friends. Oh, we went dark pretty fast. Oh man, <laughs>
1: we have cookies. That leads us to our contingency planning. Whenever a leader leaves the main patrol body, he issues his five-point contingency plan. We know that as a gotwa. What we're talking about here, let's spell it out for you. G, where the leader's going. O, others he's taking with him. P, time the leader plans to be gone. W, what to do if the leader does not return at the designated time. And A, The actions the patrol takes in the event contact is made while the leader is gone. So you're coming under fire. What are you doing? Stay behind. Leader is designated whenever the leader
0: leaves the main body. So when we talk about leaving the main body, we're talking about like leaders recon establishing RPs. You know anything? Any at any point that leader needs to leave, and you know during this whole planning process, which will be a lot, then. You know, he's going to issue a Gawa every time he's going to designate a you know, subordinate leader at that time. But yeah, a Gawa. So going, I'm going to go get some cookies. Others, I'm going to bring my buddy. Time. We should be back in you know, five, ten minutes. W, what to do if you don't return? Call me. Hey, Ashton, if you take contact, freaking fight them. Yes, shoot someone
1: in the face. Shoot multiple people in the face.
0: Actually, uh, Ashton Patrol takes uh, this is where we're going to be you know, poking into our rally points. So a rally point is a designated point mm-hmm. where the unit will reassemble slash reorganize if it becomes dispersed. So you went out and had a fun patrol with friends and things were not okay. You're going to go back to a rally point. Your friendlies will know which rally point to go to. Actions to take and how long to wait at each rally point before moving to another one at each phase of the patrol. So common types, you'll have your initial rally point, rally points while en route, objective, near side, and far side. Rally points need
1: to be easily identifiable. They need to show no signs of Recent enemy activity. They need to be covered and concealed from ground and air. They need to be away from natural lines of drift and high high speed avenues of approach. So, if it looks like an area where someone's just going to wander down into on accident, you're probably not going to want to stay there. Usually, these ORPs are in, or these these rally points are just they're in really crappy areas that's the thing about these patrols is every stopping point needs to be in a really crappy area. They're going to want to be in an area where no one wants your rally to point, go Your ORP, your patrol nowhere, base, or someone, all of it is going to
0: be in just the worst everything. country. It, you're going to have a hell of a time getting there because that's the whole point is that someone's doing a map recon or they're just yeah. overlooking the terrain and they're like, Oh dude, there's no way that's where you want your rally point or your RP or your patrol base. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this no is one's going to be crap. here, but yeah, they
1: also need to be defendable yeah. for a short period of time. Yeah, they need to be defendable for a short period of time. Right.
0: And as with anything on this, your leader is going to be designating these rally points and he's going to be designated, you know, your initial, but also contingencies, right? Primary and alternate for for everything. Mm-hmm. That should that should be implied at this point. Yep. Uh, your ORP, your objective rally point. So this point is two to four hundred meters away from your objective or one major terrain feature away from Hidden Valley Ranch salad dressing your objective. Hills, valleys, ridges, cells, depressions, actions on ORP. What were you going to say? No, what were you say? Actions on what, the what ORP are, are going to be conducted.
1: Well, I was going to repeat Hidden Valley, salad. Hidden Valley Ranch Salad Dressing. That's the mnemonic. Hello
0: so I, I, I love so much.
1: It's still F. in there. I just love Lane F, period. It is. Dude, I will never forget it, ever. I can still teach it. Anywho, all. Actions on. Actions at the ORP. So, actions at the ORP. You're going to conduct your sales. So, you're stop, look. Listen, smell. If it seems out of the ordinary, probably is.
0: Either this isn't just or your This is everybody. Don't stop that. Every single person in that patrol is stopping is and they're everybody. Formations.
1: Lottie, dotty, every freaking body. Also, at your RP. You're going to pinpoint your location. You want to know exactly where you are and you want to relay that up to higher. Because you want them to know where you are just in case they accidentally or purposely fire off a round like a 120 millimeter. white phosphorus Anyway. Yes, white phosphorus which, you know, yay, fun chalk rounds. Spicy. Why is it spicy? You're going to want to conduct your leader's recon of the objective. You're going to want to issue a frag ward if needed. Because, like we said, the best laid
0: plan does not survive first contact. So you want if you need to change it up. Well, and your intelligence you you that you out. have beforehand can say wherever the hell it wants to. Until you get eyes on during that Lyra's recon. Yeah, but once you then get that there. that could change everything.
1: hmm mm-hmm. It could change everything. Good Lord, you may get there and the objective might not right. even be there. had that happen before. Looking at you. Yeah, hey, I know you're going to cut that out. Doesn't matter.
0: I was just I was thinking, it's exactly. like, what the really hell? It's, it's supposed to be here. Such a fun time.
1: <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times we'd go into a freaking town and be like, hey, yeah, we're looking for this guy. He died like 15 yeah. years ago or he moved three months ago. like Seriously? Yeah, his house is right there. You can go check it. We go check it. Yep. Nobody's lived there. Thanks. I, like, thanks. I, I hate it.
0: Damn it.
1: <laughs> or hey, there's there's a freaking cache of weapons here. We go and check it and nope, just a bunch of freaking yeah. Campbell spiders.
0: You're also performing your final preparations mm-hmm. before you continue the operation. So you're inspecting your weapons. You're preparing your first aid kits, your litters, your... Lining up your rucksacks, PCCs, your PCIs. you know EPW zip ties, you're re camouflaging, you're doing drop guns. You doing everything you need to do before you can before you can go do the thing. Yep, uh, and you're reapplying that, that and cannon. you count for friendlies and equipment after Ashen's on the objective, as with anything. As a thing, oh, God, Sergeant, <clears throat> I forgot my nods.
1: <sighs> and l- there's a reason why so many privates are being found in <clears throat>
0: short, shallow graves. <laughs> <God. unfortunately. laughs> and like you talked about earlier, uh, if no contact is made, then you're just disseminating whatever information you got from the reconnaissance. Further expounding on what we're talking about. With
1: your actions at the RP from the leader's perspective, once you get to the leader's recon of objective, this is where we're picking up from. So once you establish the RP, the leader conducts their recon. Before the departing, before he departs, he issues his five-point contingency plan, the Gobla. During the recon, your the leader pinpoints the objective. He selects reconnaissance security, support, and assault positions. And then of course, he adjusts the plan based on observations of the objective. He's not just going to say, oh, yeah, the, the plan's good, unless the plan is truly good based off of his observations. Nine times out of ten, once you get to the objective, that plan changes. you you, you got to be able to adjust on the fly because you may have set up an Overwatch position where you think you're going to have great views of the entire objective, And all you can see is the backside of a freaking tree. Or you're just in heavy brush, heavy wooded area, and you have absolutely no visibility on that. Or you could set up a security position at a road, and what do you know? The road's washed out. There's no way anybody can use that. So you can either change it
0: or... Set the security on this road, and that well, that's what I was going to say too. Is I can't tell you how many times you know, I've it's those kind of you know, things that have been set in security, and then I can't see anything. You know, it's like, oh, nah, this dude, isn't going to yes. work. Like I have to move. More often like, than not, I, I don't know what I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> you know, right. right? Exactly.
1: Like unless you want me to pull out my freaking pocket knife and start hacking down this vegetation, so I can actually see, right. I'm going to move. Our brother, do you have anything else for this? Now nah, off the top of my head, like, patrolling in itself is such is such an involved thing. It, it seems very simple, and for those of us who've actually done it enough times, this
0: is second nature. All of this is second well, nature. it's natural. But it, they they naturally, you know, this, the idea, the concept yeah, flows into itself. Natural. But yeah, trying to teach. You know, it is a lot for someone who hasn't done before. That's why we're breaking this into seven parts, right? So this was part two oh seven. We covered the planning stages. Next week we're gonna talk about actual reconnaissance patrols. But do you have anything else? No, nope. Join us, on, us Discord. on Discord. Join the Discord, join the Patreon, Substack. We're putting out new or Instagram. We're putting out new information all the time. We're trying to meet the needs of where you guys are at and trying to add value so that everybody can get a piece of this and we can just, you know, raise up that very class of man. So thank you for joining us. We're the hard time strongman podcast. Join me a class of man with part two of seven of our patrolling mini series. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. This is 6 and 7 with the Hard Time Strongman podcast. Wanted to take a second to do a mental health check-in and to tell you all about the 988 Crisis Lifeline. So, the 988 Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, 7 days a week in the United States. You can reach the Lifeline at 988lifeline.org Or you can call or text 988 to get help, to get someone real on the phone.
1: Every struggle is different. Every struggle is hard. But you are not alone in whatever you're going through. As someone who has used the 988 crisis line, I fully recommend that if you're feeling any of those feelings of depression, suicide, hopelessness, Get in touch with them immediately. They will help you. They will listen to you.
0: Once again, guys, you can reach the lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text them at 988. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.